back to the Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. There will be spoilers in this, our 122nd episode. If you want to get in touch, you can tweet me at Teal Productions, Teal like the color. Lords of Order has a Facebook page. The email address is the Dr. Fate fan podcast at gmail.com and the website, bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate. Justice League of America, the 1960 volume issue 38, cover dated September 1965. The story is A Crisis on Earth A. Now this comes to us by pencils from Mike, uh, from, okay, let's try that again. This comes to us from a script from Gardner Fox, penciled by Mike Sikowski, inked by Bernard Sachs, colored by someone or some ones, and lettered by Joe Letterese. And I wonder if that's a pseudonym. L-E-T-T-E-R-E-S-E. Letterese. Letter easy. Easy letters. I don't know. You can find this reprinted several places. The Justice League of America Archives number 5 from 1999. Crisis on Multiple Earths from 2002. Showcase presents Justice League of America number 3 from 2008. Justice League of America The Silver Age Omnibus number 2, 2016. Justice League of America The Silver Age number 4, 2018. And Crisis on Multiple Earths issue 1 crossing over April 2021. On the cover, we have down the left side the Justice Society of Earth 2. The Atom, Dr. Fate, Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, and Mr. Terrific heads for each of those. On the right side, though, we now have the Lawless League of Earth A. Adam, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, John, Johns, and Superman all in the thuggy heads for the Johnny Thunder of Earth 1, which Earth 1 has become Earth A because the Justice League was done away with. Everything was altered. So this is Earth Altered A. In the middle panel of the cover, never in comic book history has there been a fight to equal the colossal battle waged between superheroes and astonishing supervillains as in Crisis on Earth A, Dr. Fate punching the wannabe Superman. Don't believe what you see. Nothing in this story is what it seems to be. Every page will surprise and thrill you. And again, on the first of the um, color pages inside, we have the society heads down the left, the lawless league heads down the right. And in between, we're told, alarmed by the non-appearance of Johnny Thunder at their headquarters, the members of the Justice Society of America of Earth 2 locate him on Earth 1, the victim of his own double. The criminal Johnny Thunder places the good, but slightly wacky, Johnny Thunder in a coma and takes command of his Bognesian magic thunderbolt. His first command to the thunderbolt is to nullify the existence of the Justice League of America of Earth-1 by going back into time and preventing them from ever gaining their superpowers, or by forestalling their budding careers as crime fighters. Now on a world without a superhero, Johnny Thunder fancies it is safe to rob. His security is shattered when the superpowered Justice Society of America crosses over into Earth-1 and prevents his gang from committing crimes. As a countermeasure, the criminal Johnny Thunder uses the Thunderbolt to rob and is again thwarted by the sextet of Justice Society heroes. Another inspiration prompts him to substitute his gang for the original and now non-existent members of the Justice League, thus on Earth A for alternate. 
He has a lawless league ready to battle and overcome the Justice Society. As he shouts the word, let the battle begin, the stage has been set for Crisis on Earth A. Now, from last issue slash episode, Johnny Thunder has set up a fight between the Justice Society members and his lawless league members. He's watching this on TV. Thunderbolt uh, sets things up for him so he can watch. The Lawless or the Justice Society League Green Lantern looks like he has the turn on the Lawless League Green Lantern. Same with the Flashes. Dr. Fate is momentarily stymied by the Lawless League Superman. The Lawless League Martian Manhunter has the drop on Hawkman and the Lawless League Adam has the drop on the Justice Society Adam. But then Dr. Fate turns around and zocks the Lawless League Superman. Justice Society Green Lantern turns the tables with a yellow fist pounding the Lawless League Green Lantern. However, the Lawless League Martian Manhunter does manage to tear the wings off of the Justice Society Hawkman, causing him to plummet to the ground. But with his nth metal, he's able to control the plummet. So it's not an uncontrolled plummet, it's a controlled plummet. In doing so, sliding down a nearby alley wall with his metallically laced heels of his feet, he causes sparks to shoot down onto some oil-soaked refuse rags in the alley, setting them afire and thus damaging the Lawless League Martian Manhunter. The two flashes go at it and are pretty evenly matched until the Justice Society Flash pulls a double whammy and tricks the Lawless League Flash, knocking him out. The Lawless League Adam seems to subdue the Justice Society Adam, but ultimately the Justice Society Adam manages to remove the controlling gloves and the belt containing the dwarf star material from the Lawless League Adam, leaving him just a dude in a blue and white costume. Having seen everyone is uh, defeated, the Earth-1 Johnny Thunder starts to berate the Thunderbolt. However, there is one battle left. The Lawless League Batman versus Mr. Terrific of the Justice Society. Not long after that, though, it doesn't, doesn't last very long, but the Justice Society Mr. Terrific subdues the Lawless League Batman. So all the Lawless League gentlemen are captured by the Justice Society and taken to uh, wherever they're headquartering at. Johnny Thunder is watching and tells his Thunderbolt to do something. He causes a hurricane to whip up. Johnny, uh, the Thunderbolt does, catching the Justice Society gentlemen off guard, but with the combined assistance of Dr. Fate and Green Lantern, they hold themselves together to try to weather uh, through the hurricane. However, an earthquake tears apart the, the land, the underpinning of their rescuing of themselves, thus unrescuing the society members and throwing them about subject to the whims of the hurricane above and the earthquake below. They do manage to save themselves with a little bit of this and that. It seems that Hawkman uh, grabs Dr. Fate and Green Lantern, while the Flash, Mr. Terrific, and who's this third one? The Atom plummet into the crevasses opened up by the earthquake. Um, also, 
they are emitting poisonous gases from within the earth. So kind of a double whammy falling in these crevasses. But the flash does recover enough to assist in the rescue of Adam. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Terrific is able to hold his own. So between Mr. Terrific and the Flash, the Atom is okay. So the three of them are okay. Hawkman attempting to fly Green Lantern and Dr. Fate through the hurricane has once again his wings ripped off his body. He is not able to fly but he is able to control his descent because of his metal. But the Flash is able to help via the Atom and Mr. Terrific. They hook up with Hawkman to all let Dr. Fate and Green Lantern down to the ground gently. Um, a safe patch of ground, I guess, since it's opening up in great chasms, or maybe the earthquake is over, I guess, is what's happened. So everything is either crevasse or safe ground. So they are able to land, once again thwarting Johnny Thunder and his commands given to the Earth to Thunderbolt. One final ditch effort, um, Johnny Thunder tells Thunderbolt to take him away to somewhere safe, take him to the moon. Oh, no, wait a minute, give me a spacesuit on the moon. Oh man, without an atmosphere, I'm not going to be able to tell my Thunderbolt what to do. So he etches in the dirt of the moon. Say you put air on the moon, so the thunderbolt reaches to the earth and creates a column of air, pulls it off the earth, and surrounds the moon with it, giving the Earth One Johnny Thunder the ability to remove the helmet of his spacesuit and talk, and thus give commands, uh, still able to give commands to the thunderbolt, which twice, because of the spacesuit, because of the atmosphere, thunderbolt thought he had him beat, but no. Justice Society uh, starts looking around. They're not able to find Johnny Thunder, so they focus on trying to fix whatever happened to the Justice League of America members. Going back in time, because the interruptions in the normal flow of things were magic, the Justice Society is not able to overturn it or to change anything. The only way to undo the Thunderbolt's magic is via the Thunderbolt himself. So they come back to Earth. Um... Flash stayed on Earth while the other members time-traveled and, and dimension-hopped and whatever to try to put together the Justice League again. Well, when they get back together, uh, you know, in their reporting, Flash is like, well, everything's cool. Except, you know, there's this weird thing going on up in Antarctica. There's this giant whirlwind taking air away from the Earth, just sucking up atmosphere. So they're like, well, you know, we've got nothing else to do. Uh, maybe it's Johnny Thunder. Let's go see. So they get in a green eh, airplane-y, spaceship-y kind of thing, to, basically to ride out the atmospheric movement that is leaving the Earth and going towards the moon. They do so, and on the trip, though, um, Johnny Thunder tries again to create bad guys, only this time he creates bad guys from imagination. Using the Thunderbolt, he creates Medusa Man, uh, one look at his face uh, when the bolt finishes it, and wham, the victims turn to wood. Absorbo Man, who can absorb any superpowers used against him and turn them to his own advantage. And, last but not least, Repello Man. He can repel any force hurled against him and direct it back at the sender. So this is, this is basically Earth-1 Johnny Thunder's last attempt at bad guys. Uh, turning his own thugs into the JLA did not work. That should have worked, I mean... Come on. You had Superman and Batman and Green Lantern. You know, uh, come on. But, okay. So, 
Here we are, the Justice Society finally lands. Out front is Mr. Terrific and Adam, and they face the Turnum to Wood dude, what is he? Medusa Man. They face Medusa Man first, and he turns him to wood. Dr. Fate flies up and magically covers the face of Medusa Man, taking away his powers, but unfortunately, Adam and Mr. Terrific have already succumbed. Moving past them is the Flash and Hawkman. They get to Repello Man, where the Flash conjures up a giant dust storm to try to batter Repello Man to, into submission, or I guess destroy him, since he's not really a, a sentient being. I guess that's what the Justice Society is wanting to do, really. Hawkman flying around with a giant, um, I don't know if this, it's called a mace. I don't know if it's a mace. It's a chain with a big ball on the end of it. There's no rod or handle or anything like that. A morning star, a mace. I'd, I don't remember the difference from my D&D days. Sorry. It could be a mace that it's just a chain. I know that uh, one, maybe it's the morning star, is a stick basically with a big metal ball on the end and the other is a stick with a chain and a big metal ball on the end morning star maybe that's a morning star and the mace is just the stick with the big metal ball i think that was it the mace is the handle only the morning star had the chain and gnarly ball at the end either with big knobs or big spikes or what have you so i don't think this is a mace but I don't know what it is because it doesn't have a handle. Like I said, it's just a chain with a big ball. Looks almost more like a Japanese implement than anything. So they're battering and battering and battering Rapello Man. He's not doing anything, not being affected, not attacking, not doing anything. But then all of a sudden he reverses the sandstorm, basically, that the Flash sent at him. The Flash says, slamming into me like a million tiny fists. And the mace weapon finally slings back towards Hawkman, uh, subsequently knocking him out. And I guess the sandstorm kind of knocked out the Flash, it looks like, here too. So they're both unconscious. We go to the Green Lantern, uh, fighting the Absorbo Man, who is bashing and bashing and bashing him with constructs made of his green energy. Until finally, Absorbo sends that energy back at Green Lantern, knocking him out. So, Johnny Thunder uh, begins to celebrate. However, we have not seen Dr. Fate's fate as he goes through and grabs up Mr. Terrific and the Atom, who have been turned to wood. Takes them and hurls them with tremendous force and speed at Absorbo Man, hoping that in absorbing the Green Lantern energy... He also, Absorbo Man, he also absorbed the green energy's weakness to wood, which is what the Adam and Mr. Terrific are now composed of, or at least surrounded by. Does indeed work. Absorbo Man shatters. Uh, Dr. Fate then turns his magic to Rapello Man and just fires and fires and fires. Suddenly, Rapello Man starts getting larger and larger and larger, kind of like a, a balloon larger, not like just larger in stature. Johnny Thunder's very excited because Dr. Fate is the last man standing, so he sees that his Rapello Man is getting ready to attack back. He knows this will be it. All of a sudden, Rapello Man just explodes. Dr. Fate tells us, by way of a thought bubble, I flung bolts of reverse magic at him. When he tried to repel them back at me, the reverse happened, and they were attracted to him. Ah, very sneaky, Dr. Fate. Very sneaky. Okay, so it's magic against magic now. 
Say you, T-Bolt, get up there and battle it out with Dr. Fate. Keep fighting till you win. That's an order. So now it's Dr. Fate against the Badnazian Thunderbolt. Johnny Thunder, though, uh, doesn't have Earth One's Johnny Thunder here, doesn't have any powers, doesn't have any abilities, so he's kind of a victim of all the energies and, and whack-a-moles and throwing arounds and all this that's going on until finally he can't take any more of the quote-unquote abuse and he calls the Thunderbolt off, turns himself over to the Justice Society. Uh, Thunderbolt goes back, changes all of the Justice League origins to the correct on position. We finish the book by seeing that actually what he did, I'm sorry, what, what Thunderbolt did is he turned back time completely up to the meeting where Earth 2 Johnny Thunder called him in to apologize to him. And they were getting ready to go to the Justice Society of America meeting. So that is what occurs. We see the meeting as it should have occurred. We see the regular meeting of the Justice League of America, the next regular meeting, with a hint on their agenda to check into this Johnny Thunder dude. So they're like, hmm, don't know what that's about, but, you know, we'll send somebody out there to look at it. And apparently it's a little leftover whammy that the Thunderbolt left for him. And... That finishes the team-up between the Justice Society and the Justice League for 1965. And again, as I said last episode, uh, and I must apologize for my level of whininess last episode, the issue was fun. Uh, it was just rock'em, sock'em, good guy, bad guy, fun. Uh, Johnny Thunder, even though his ideas weren't overwhelming, um, he, he didn't seem to suffer from not having any. You know, he kept coming back and kept coming back and and um, engaging the Justice Society. You know, it was roadblocks that they had to overcome, but it was nothing that they were not able to overcome because Johnny Thunder was not, he's not a smart man. And so, you know, he, he could only do so much, uh, even with the help of the Thunderbolt. Obviously, as we have seen, the key to having a Thunderbolt is giving it very, very precise orders. Um, such that there is nothing ambiguous about what you want done or, more importantly, how you want it accomplished. That that seems to be the big thing. Um, I haven't really talked about the other aspects of the book. The, um, the Pencils Mike Sikowski's artwork is um, it's different from a lot of contemporary modern artists, uh, m much more than I'm used to. You know, I really, really got into comic books around the late 80s, early 90s. And being an X fan, um, you know, my artists turned out to be Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, Wils Portacio, um, Eric Larson I knew of, Todd McFarlane I knew of, you know, so all of the, Jim Valentino. So all of these guys were, are, you know, the, the artists that I have come to know. And and moving forward to now, I, I there are people like uh, um, Benitez and um, Bill, Billy Tucci, um, you know, a, a lot of very distinct, more lifelike artists rather than the cartoonists, I think, that were more prevalent at this time in comics. So the artwork is very serviceable, but very cartoony, I think, compared to what you would see now. No lack of ability to relay action or faces. Uh, communicating with, with faces is very important. You can tell everybody apart 
the drawing, the inking, the coloring, you know, there's there's not really any difficulty for me there. I, I don't necessarily enjoy or unenjoy, disenjoy, ill-enjoy, whatever the word would be. Uh, the artwork, it is, and it works, and I can read it and move on, um, is the best I can say. I've seen better for this time period. I've seen much worse for this time period. So, uh, much worse being art that I didn't like as much, not worse, you know, art is objective. I, I can't say, or subjective. I can't say that it's good or bad. I, I don't know. I just know what I enjoy when I read it. Uh, inks, I think, go along with art, the coloring, the lettering, a very serviceable hand lettering. That that always gets me at this time is that uh, these guys were lettering these things by hand. You know, nowadays, that's I think that's probably become anathema. I, I, I don't even think you get a job if you can letter by hand. Maybe they do. I don't know. But I, just the, the thought that the narrator captions and the, um, of course, the sound effects and things like that are an aspect of the art more than lettering. But the uh, discourse and thought bubbles, all hand lettered, that just, that, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so overall, good stuff, fun stuff, uh, stuff that is what it is. You know, it is not contemporary stuff. Um, it's not quite as... It's uh, okay. Let's try this again. It's not quite like Golden Age books. It's a it it has uh, moved from that style of writing. I guess I can say so. It it does have a different feel in it, uh, the Silver Age, but it is much closer to the Golden Age stuff than it is to contemporary stuff. I like it. I'll continue on, which is good because next episode I'll be taking a look at Justice League of America issue 46, the, I'm assuming, 1965 team-up between the Justice League and the Justice Society of America in the pages of Justice League of America. I will talk to you guys then. Ciao.